Welcome to another episode of Paul Brown Power, Power System Designs Podcast on the latest in Power and Power Design. I'm your host, Alex Paul. Today we've got friends of the show, Doug Backauer. Uh, Doug is the CEO of Integral Technologies, and uh, they're an advanced materials uh, solutions company. The last time he was on the show, we talked about um, how lightning can really save energy across a spectrum of applications. But uh, today we're going to collapse the waveform and talk about a specific thing. And in this case, it's an, area, an application space that, that needs both uh, lightness and energy density and just about anything you can go at, and that's batteries. Isn't that right, Doug? Welcome to the show. Again. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate you having me, having me back again. Well, it's a fascinating space, and there's so much going on, as evidenced by this recent development about the uh, battery technology. I mean, that's a big thing. There's a lot of... I mean, let's, let's just stop the discussion on... Uh, wait, just let's talk about the uh, reduction in toxic materials. Uh, a- absolutely. And because what we're doing is we're taking our, you know, electroplast is our material, and that's a conductive plastic. What we're doing is we're replacing the lead cells inside of the battery with, with our conductive plastic. So it's what we're doing is we're essentially uh, we're dramatically reducing or entirely eliminating the use of lead inside, inside of those cells. Our technology is really focused in on uh, the bipolar battery portion of the um, lead acid space. And I'm not sure if you're mm-hmm. familiar with that, but basically what happens is you just stack your, uh, your plates all right next to one another and you don't have to have that lead over the top that connects them. Uh, the plate, our plate, one side's positive, one side's negative. That's how you're able to get a... Um, that's why it's called bipolar. One, one's positive, one's negative. But you're, you're right. It essentially uh, does away with the, the use of lead, and we're replacing it with our, our conductive plastic material. Mm-hmm. You're gaining a significant weight savings. What, I mean, can, can you, let's say with an automobile battery, what kind of ballpark weight savings are we talking about here? It, let me go beyond weight with that answer a little bit, and I'll answer it, encompassing this answer. By utilizing the bipolar technology, you're going to be able to reduce the space of that battery by roughly half uh, because the plates are now going to, you know, the, the power density is so much greater, you're going to be able to get the same power out of half the space. So you're, going to, you're mm-hmm. looking at about roughly a 50% weight reduction just because you're able to go to the bipolar technology and then you add the plastic on top of that, it's even a further reduction. So you're looking at about roughly a 50%, but more importantly, what happens is real estate's important in almost everything you're doing, whether it's a car, a wheelchair, an electric motorcycle. Um, by going, so one, you're going to be able to reduce the battery, the, the size by roughly half, but by using plastic plates, you can now make the battery in essentially any shape that you want. You're not really confined to the, you know, to the square rectangular configuration that you traditionally see with the lead acid batteries now. Right. So you can make it literally conformal, like a fender part or something. In theory, that's correct. You 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 make the battery. The battery can now fit the space that's available, rather than having to design around the, the design around the battery. 
So just oh, right. well, yeah, exactly. At this stage, it, right. At this stage, it wouldn't be completely replacing the fender. It would be maybe conformal and lining the fender, but downstream that could be a feasible uh, end result. Yeah, this is that 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 could be correct. And where we're really getting a lot of traction on this is in in areas that you may not traditionally think about. I mean, certainly uh, transportation as a whole. Uh, but particularly in, like I'd mentioned earlier, you know, electric motorcycles. You know, in Asia, there's a lot, lot of that there, so you can really reduce the size and space there. Wheelchairs, golf carts, some of the things that may not immediately pop to your head as it pertains to batteries, those are the areas where they're really real estate is very essential to them. Well, look at prosthetics, robotics, mm-hmm. medical robotics, exoskeletal systems, anything that involves human interface would love conformal batteries. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing that surprised us a little bit from all this, and we're, we're still a little bit early on, we just announced last week that our first, uh, the first full-blown 12-volt battery we, we had come out with, and it's still at the prototype stages. But what, what surprised us a little bit was a lot of people uh, coming to us as far as grid storage. And that was the one mm-hmm. thing that we didn't necessarily see coming necessarily was, was that space. Um, and those are extremely large, large batteries that you're coming there. So it's, um, this certainly goes well beyond transportation and consumer products. It, it goes very much into the grid storage part of it as well. Well, you know, Doug, that makes all the sense in the world because if you've got that much of a reduction in size as well as weight, and the removal of uh, toxicity, it begs for grid stiffening being that you can place it in almost any outdoor environment. Yeah, and another thing that may not, may not immediately be obvious, but certain type batteries, like a flow battery, for example, those, have, those, are, those plates are made out of metal, and then the grooves that are in those are actually machined in there. It's a very expensive process. Um, our plates are plastic. We just simply mold whatever you need in there. It's a one-step process rather than a multi-step process. Uh, so that, that's been, you know, further advantage that, um, that we're seeing from some of these other industries. It's because of the, the plastic aspect, the moldability, is what the attraction is. Got it, got it. Well, you know, that makes all the sense in the world because that's part and parcel with its conformability. Uh, it can, quote-unquote, conform to uh, miniature features that are needed for, you know, enhanced battery functionality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely the case. Excellent. So now, what stage are we with this? How close are we to actually seeing this commercialized? Where we are, I'll give you my approach, and it's difficult to project the timeline. We had just filed patents on, on these plates roughly six months ago. Uh, our mm-hmm. first uh, fully functional prototype battery we just brought out uh, about a month ago. A battery show up around Detroit. And right now what we're doing is we're actively speaking with uh, various battery companies to partner with. Because at this stage, what we would like to do is get this to market as quickly as we can. And it's going to be much more efficient doing that with somebody who's already in the market rather than us go out and try to just become a battery company by ourselves. Our technology, this is is an important important point for us too, we really believe that lead acid 
uh, batteries has been a market, I won't say it's been underserved, but a lot of money and resources have gone into lithium-ion, nickel-cadmium, all these various types of batteries. But, you know, the lead acid, which is the 800-pound gorilla, if you will, has been has really been neglected uh, as far as advanced technology being applied to it. So mm-hmm. anyway, that, our, our whole uh, strategy on this is to go right into that sector that is tried and true, it's accepted, you know, all across the world, and work with some of those battery companies in helping improve and enhance what they already have. Got it. And, and it's, it, it, it's really, really a beautiful solution, uh, Doug, because, for example, the, the most advanced lead technology, lead I mean, not lead technology, uh, acid, metal acid technology that I had seen to date was the test lab up at uh, City University of New York where they're doing zinc, mm-hmm. and they're using impellers to agitate the uh, electrolytes that prevent uh, dendrite formation. So they're really fighting to use uh, a lighter material there, and if they were, and if they are, I think they will be successful. But irony, the sad part would be, uh, they go to all of that effort, and not just them, to think of all of the other people chasing. I mean, good story for you, not such a good story for them. You come out with a technology that leapfrogs all of this to a non-metal-based technology that is even superior in performance. That's a significant thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it would get highly technical, so I won't get into it too deeply right now. But our technology and with our plates, we actually could potentially fit into what you were just speaking about because there, there's some secondary processes that can be applied to this uh, wherein, you know, in theory, we could, have, we could have a little bit of zinc and things like that that would allow us to uh, enhance uh, and that as well as still capture the advantages of, of plastic. So that, that's the part that's been really been really neat about this is be, because of what we're able to do and how we're able to do it, uh, we're able to complement most of the lead acid technologies that are out there. And, and by the way, we're not trying to compete or upend anything. I mean, you know, uh, lithium ion, I believe it's a technology. That Although you will. Uh, in, in theory, but it's, that's not really the intent. We're just really looking at it from a standpoint of, we believe this makes a lot of sense. And as you know, you know, with lithium-ion, great technology, but, I mean, uh, how much lithium is there in the world? <laughs> you know, that it, you have a whole other aspect of things that has to take place as far as just going out and getting those natural resources. Uh, you know, for lead acid, everything's very plentiful, and it's here right now. So I just think lead acid is potentially a large part of our solution for power storage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. And, and if you think about it, just the electric car industry would be revolutionized by your tech. You could have the car made out of the battery. I suppose in theory you probably could. We're waiting for that, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Tesla's one step away with the battery being essentially the frame. You know, but imagine if you could make as many of the internal panels and internal structures out of uh, energy storage materials Oh, yeah. Significantly mm-hmm. enhance the functionality. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, of course, this so, also applies. Yeah. You know, when you bring that up, this also applies, obviously, to, you know, uh, wind power, solar energy, all those things. I mean, all those, at the end of the day, they're only as good as their storage. So this uh-huh. this feeds into all of that. Agreed. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Now, Doug, we could talk forever on this. I love this topic. 
and this is such a phenomenally interesting development. You could really go down that rabbit hole quite a distance. This is a podcast, and we do have a time limit. So uh, unfortunately, I'm going to have to let you go. But before I do, I always let my guests have the last word on my podcast. So it could be a little bit more about the technology or the company or just a tip for our audience, but the floor is yours. Sure. Well, I appreciate that, Alex. And again, thanks, thanks for having me again. It, it's Really what I want to say is just the excitement of being in a new material space. It's one thing having, like in our case, a conductive plastic, and that's neat, for lack of a better term. Um, but what really gets to be interesting is when you see the materials going into actual applications that can help improve and change industries that have been there for a long time. And I personally believe new materials is really what's going to change um, many, many industries, not just conductive plastic, but uses of carbon fiber and various materials. That's what's most exciting about what's upcoming in technology uh, all across the board. So I guess that's my little pitch. It's not even a pitch. It's more of a commentary on the new material space is really an exciting space to be in right now. I agree with you. I can't agree with you more, frankly. But I really can't. Uh, it, it, we are in such amazing times, and material science is enabling and enhancing so many developments. It's, it's just a fantastic time to be in this development space. Agreed. Thanks again, Alex. And thank you, Doug. And I want to thank everybody out there in the audience for taking the time to be with us. We wouldn't be here without you. Tell your friends. This is Alex Paul for Paul's on Power. Have a great day.